Okay, so we're going to, I'm going to, uh, <coughs> okay, I'm not, <coughs> I think I better pray. Uh, Lord, thank you for our time of worship. We ask you to speak to each of us through your scripture today and um, encourage us where we need to be encouraged and bring uh, Holy Spirit, do what you want to do with each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm, I'm going to go to uh, Noah for a minute. So that's like chapter 6 of Genesis, going way back in time. Noah lived a long time. He was like 500 years old when he had his boys. Got three boys, and um, wow. Uh, I listen to the news some uh, every now and then, or, or check on it. And we've got family living in Manhattan now, so I keep up more now with, you know how it is. It's like if 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 you, did you ever, what's an illustration of this? This never mind really. I was thinking about like when I would be looking for a, 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 a the next car or whatever I was going to get, I would come up with a, a brand and I'd come up with a kind of car. And then it's strange how your brain would, every time you would pass that car, you could go down the road and be talking to somebody, and you would see it in a different color. And, and uh, how you just, your, your mind can pick out something and stuff all the time. And then the problem was is that after, you, after I would get another car, it kept on doing that for a while. I'd go, stop doing it. I, I'm already settled this idea of a car. I don't have to do that but my brain would still do it so so now it does it about new york so if there's one story on the news about new york then i catch it and you know how news people do is they depends on what their spin is whether or not they make a big deal out of it or not a big deal and i just know that like manhattan on any nor any normal day they have a coming and going of people working there there's about eight used to last time i counted it was like eight million showed up for the day that's a lot of people and then on the weekend it would drop back to about a million lived uh, pretty much lived on manhattan and was there or had some business and uh it's a lot of traffic it's a lot of people uh, a lot of subway work a lot of um, things going on and i have no way of knowing what condition our country is in but because of the news agencies we have we have uh, maybe a, an overabundance of hard stories of accidents of of uh, criminal activity of people being mean to other people uh, just stuff y'all you know, you're like me you see you know read something or you hear something and um they, there, there was a really hard time a long time ago at the time of Noah, when Noah was alive. It was, so I go, well, there are darker days out there. Uh, Noah was, uh, uh, let's just turn to chapter 6. This is New American Standard, uh, book of Genesis. And 
God is seeing uh, people multiplying, you know, people getting married. And uh, he says, I'm, I'm just not going to, uh, I'm not going to stay at this level of, of, of uh, with man that I have been. He says, verse 3, chapter 6, verse 3, he says, my spirit's not going to strive with man forever. Because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. He starts coming up with a length of time. Now, he's going to step this down because people are living a really long time. But eventually, he's going to keep reducing it until it gets to be this, like 120 is kind of the top number. But, but Noah is like 500 years old at this point in time when he has three boys. And... Uh, then the stories go on, and it talks about, I just want to know, like in, in verse 4, uh, Moses, Moses, you know, has written these first five books, and he says, there were mighty men who were of old, men of renown. That sounds like uh, the, the Avengers or something. It's, it sounds like uh, it would be a DC comic about men of renown. You know, does it, does it sound like that? Your son's making fun of it. Spider-Man would not be a man of renown, but I, I don't know. Thor. He would, would you, give me a name of a, of a character that's a, that's a renowned person. Anybody up in the sound booth? Just anybody. Huh? Thor. Oh, I just did Thor. You can't have Thor. I used that one. What? Batman. Okay. Wow. Okay, Batman. There's a DC version. Uh, Okay, so next to Batman, you have DC Superman. Yeah, comes here as a child, raised by Lois and Clark, right? The Kents, you know, a little boy that's got this S on his clothes, come from another planet. We don't know all this, but you know. And he's, he's got a really good heart. Now, maybe in later comics, he doesn't always have, like, you know, but, but, but the original one. So, so God is looking down on things. He's involved. Verse 5, And then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continuously. Now, that's pretty bad off. I don't know how bad off we are in this country, We've had better periods in time if we read histories of the country. I don't know, Brooke, you as a historian, have we had times where the country was in better shape? A lot of them. Right, right. So we seem to be sliding toward the wor toward the bad, <laughs> not like it has been. Um, we have we keep up with this by the number of people that uh, attend churches and services so you're like people showing up to worship together as a group but there's the younger uh, generations are not as many of them doing that they're finding other things to do and why is that I don't know but that's true um, and, the, and it says, verse 6, The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. 
And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land. From man to animals to creeping things to the birds of the sky. For I am sorry that I have made them. Wow. God creates life. Humans at the top of the group. And he, you know, kind of lets life go on for a while. And they just go off the rails. They start doing stuff. Things happening. Right? Verse, but verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Benjamin, what? What do you think he what do you think when you say that favor? What would that be? What what did Noah how was Noah that God saw him and says, I like this guy? Okay, so but God found that Noah had found favor. So gives the name of his sons, um, records that. Verse 11, now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. So there's another indication that humanity is not doing well toward one another. When you hear in the news of violence of humans against other humans. God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. The Lord said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence because of them, and behold, I'm about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark, a boat of kind of wood called gopher wood. And I want you to take the rooms of this, the, make the, the ark with rooms, and I want you to cover it inside and out with pitch, which is tar. It makes it waterproof. And then he tells them how big it's going to be. And if you've seen, they've got, you know, they've got an ark up in, is it Kentucky? They have a full-size ark constructed that you can go and visit. And when you look at pictures of it, you go, man, that thing's massive. It really is a big boat that had been built. So Noah did everything that God told him to do. And... Uh, Going to take all the animals. You know the story. Goes inside. He's 600 years old when this, when the rain starts, 40 days, 40 nights. All this water breaks free un, from under the earth and from the sky, and uh, until all the mountains are covered, there isn't the top of any mountain left left uncovered. And it takes it a while for the water to go down. You know, and they end up resting on a mountain, and eventually he sends out. A raven, and then he sends out a dove, and he's, the dove goes and will come back. The dove kind of like homing. I don't know if the raven came back, but uh, probably maybe he's probably staying outside on the roof. He doesn't maybe like all the other animals. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, the dove comes back. He, he brings an olive branch with him. But still a while longer for it to get drier, and then fi finally God says, I want you to go out. And they go out, and... Uh, 
So life has gone on. Now, God, God saw that Noah was righteous. Let's go over to Proverbs chapter 2 for a minute. Solomon is writing this to pass on to his sons um, his, you know, wisdom. He's a very wise man. And if you read all, all 31 of the Proverbs. And then two, it, it's broken down into uh, some sections. He covers, um, we'll just kind of read through it, but um, the first section is on wisdom. This is uh, verse one, about one through five. My son, if you'll receive my words, treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if, you're, if you cry for discernment and lift your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as a hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of the Lord, and discover the knowledge of God. So you have potential for something that other people do not have. People that want wisdom. And, and the wisdom is, is respect for God, that your Father Creator is loving and kind and wise and has a plan. And it's something you can lean into. Whether or not you're like Noah at his time, and he was the only one leaning into this, undoubtedly. And, and he, God saved him and his sons and his sons' wives and his own wife and put the, uh, all of them uh, in the ark with the animals. Um, But you notice that, that Solomon says you've got to work at it. He's saying to his boys, so to speak, hey, guys, you're going to have to work at this. You're going to have to not just expect it to happen. You're going to have to cry out for discernment, understanding of what's going on in, in, in situations. You're going to have to lift your voice for understanding. You're going to have to seek wisdom like working silver you know and they put they put silver with other ore it's in the ore and you heat it up and when you heat it up the silver kind of comes to the surface and you can kind of separate it from other from other stone that's together you know it's sometimes it, it it's found in a vein like gold can be like this and um, you're gonna have to go after it so the first one is wisdom now What's interesting is that years from the time of Solomon, there's some Greeks that come along. And one of them's name is Plato. And Plato, is he writes, he teaches people, people come to him. He's a pretty smart guy. And he identified four virtues in the Greek society that he thought was really important. One of them was courage. One of them was integrity. One of them was wisdom. One of them was justice. Now, this is hundreds of years after Solomon, but Solomon is listing these same areas in this Proverbs chapter 2. 
So he's just talked about wisdom. Um, what's the next one? Let's do verses six to eight. Is gonna it? It's gonna center on the on the on the virtue of courage. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. He guards the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of the godly one. So we can look to him that he's guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly one. So, so there, uh, we can see courage in that. How about justice, verses 9 through 15? When, when will you discern righteousness and justice and equality in every good course? No, I'm sorry, he said then. That was the, the following thought of uh, after 8. Then you will do, you know, if you do these things that we talked about just before that, then you'll discern righteousness and justice, equality in every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leaves the, leave the paths of, of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Who delights in doing evil and rejoices in the perversity of evil. Whose paths are crooked and those who are devious in their ways. So he's saying, you know, you got to kind of watch out. You need to do just things. What do you suppose his boys are you know, when they hear these things that their dad has written, or maybe he's saying it to them and then it's written down, you know. What do you suppose that are they valuing these things? We assume in their culture that they are. We're assuming that God has this put in here because as it's handed down through the years to the Jewish people, they would find that this is something we teach our children, our boys and our girls, the things that King Solomon had said, this wise, very wise David's son. How about the, um, the next ones? So the last one is integrity. Start with verse 16. To deliver you from the strange woman, from the adulteress who flatters with her words, that leaves, the, that leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God, for her house sinks down to death, and her tracks lead to the dead. None who go to her return again, nor do they reach the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of good men and keep to the paths of, righteous, of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land. Here's kind of a promise, these next two verses. For the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it, and the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. 
So maybe we're in a time that it's going to get darker before there's a change across the board. There'll be pockets that it's, there's wisdom and there's uh, Christian values rule, but other places where it's not going on like that. Um, New York is becoming such a place is that they are um, talking to business people, telling them certain things to do and not to do. I've told you that, I think, you know. Um, some of our family works with um, a banking group, and they brought in detectives to talk to them because they're in the part of the city where a lot of tourists come that their building is, and so when they leave, they tell them to put their phones up, put up their, like, jewelry, if they've got a nice-looking watch, put it in your pocket. Just pay attention when you go outside because that part of town, there's a lot of robbery going on among the tourists coming into New York and the Midtown area, you know, from Times Square on, on you know, the theater district up, up there. Bryant Park area. Our family lives further south. They live down in the village, down West Village, Greenwich Village area down there. So there's different issues down there. It's a, lot, it's a little lot better because uh, there's not all the tourists that come through there. It, it's hard for me not to think about a list like this and, and going somewhere. I, uh, going to New York um, in the past a few times, I was, a, I was a tourist. I went to places. I went to the top of you know, the Empire State Building a couple of times, one time in the morning, one time in the evening. And I went out to the Statue of Liberty, uh, things to see. But when, when, but when you got family living there, you go, it's different. You end up going, and you and you might we we kind of Patsy and I went around a couple of times to some places to see, but most of it is you're just going to the store, you're going down the street to the CVS, you're going to a taco stand, you're you know you're out. I, I spend a lot of time sitting on the front porch steps and eating on the steps, watching people go by, watching all these. Um, university students that are about six blocks away the university is just watching them just seeing what's going on what are they involved in who are they talking to Do i want to know where they're going where are all these people going just all this walking both sides of the street going back and forth there's people going places and I, I think about things like this is are these young people that are going by, these university students, are they growing in wisdom? Are, are they got more wisdom this year than last year? Do they, are they growing in courage? Are they growing in justice? Do they have integrity? Integrity is becoming a big deal. It's so much easier not to practice it than to practice it. And the Bible's got all kinds of things telling us to do. There's like five places in Leviticus that God says, Be holy, for I am holy. 
live set apart because I live set apart. Um, and like Peter, First Peter, it's like, don't be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your, um, in your ignorance. But be, be like, but, but be like the Holy One who called you. Be holy yourselves also in all your behaviors. That's from 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. 2 Peter 1, 5 is, uses the word virtue, the idea of living and growing in virtue. And in the Greek, the word virtue means the excellent the excellence of a thing. Now, Aristotle was a student of Plato, and he had a saying I wrote down. He said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. That's pretty good, isn't it? It's a... It's a it's not just an act, it's the habit of being this way. And um, you, can, you can take any of these, any of these um, virtues, courage, integrity, wisdom, justice, you can take one, and it had an example of like courage, like you can, you can swing to one ditch or the other ditch. If you have too little courage, we would call you a coward. You know, you know what to do, but you don't do anything. You go, well, you know, you're just kind of cowardly about that. On the other hand, if you jump in both feet in, in a situation to be courageous, but you just go a little too far, you would call that person reckless. But, well, that was just, you know, they shouldn't have jump down on those railroad, those uh, subway tracks to get that guy's backpack for him, and the train almost took him out. I just let the train run over the backpack, they can get some more stuff. You know, you'd go, that was kind of courageous. Yeah, that was kind of reckless courageous. You know, if, if you risk your life for a backpack. Um, on, the, on the other hand, if two people are on this, let's keep on the subway for a second, so if you, there's two people in a car, and they just start beating up somebody sitting across from you, and you could have helped out a little bit and kind of got them to back off or push the emergency button or do something, but you just kind of let it go and look the other way, well, then you've gone on that other end. You've kind of gone on that coward end of things. Now, how do we... I've read a bunch of stuff to us. It was something else. How about First Thessalonians? Brooke had talked last time about vows from especially he had a lot to say from Ephesians chapter 4 First Thessalonians uh, did I write it down I have to read my little scribble here version I don't know that I put a marker well maybe I did First Thessalonians 5 19 through 22 <clears throat> chapter 5 19 okay don't quench the spirit do not despise prophetic utterances. That'd be prophetic talk. But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now, Paul's talking to the church at Thessalonica. 
So you don't want to go too far and like make it legalistic and don't let the spirit operate. You're going to have to be willing to have mess up sometimes. You know, when you hear things that you think the spirit wants you to do or say. On the other end, um, if there's a prophetic word, well, you want to be able to give it and kind of weigh it. You know, you don't just, you examine it, he says. Uh, you hold fast then to, once you examine stuff, what's being said, or what has gone around the table, around with the Christians, um, you hold fast to what's good and, and you stay away from um, forms of evil. That sounds real easy, sort of. It's work, especially as, I guess, Brooke, like with high school students and stuff. They have a lot of opinions about things. Yeah. I like to see them some years later where they actually lived out the things that they had said in the art room. I'd have them say grandiose things, and then some of them I, I find out later, I'd go, like to go look them up and go, hey, I remember you said this when you were a senior. You, your behaviors now are, don't match that. You've ch changed some way. You get a lot of that. Courage, integrity, wisdom, justice. We've talked about Noah for a minute. God found Noah was righteous. You know, God was really upset with humanity at that point. Does any of this trigger anything, thoughts with you? You think the archetypes, the, the idea of all these superheroes, all these movies, these different outfits have put out the last few years, they're quite popular. We're really wishing there was a Superman. There's a famous scene from one of the Superman movies. He has taken Lois Lane, and she's standing on the top of his shoes. So he loosely has his arm, because there's not something going on, you know. So he's taking her up in the sky, and he's got his arm loosely around her, holding on, you know. And she's holding on to him pretty tight, because like, whoa, you know. And they, he gets up over the United States, and, he's, and he just stops in the atmosphere right there. Hmm. 
And she says, why did you, why do you, why do you take your time to go and take care of all these people every so often? When pretty much saying, can't you spend your time better? And he says, well, I can hear them. I can hear their cries. And of course, Superman's kind of a type and shadow of the Messiah. You know, he's, God hears. Just like he heard and saw everything at the time of Noah, or when we go to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, and he sent, Lord's come with two angels, and he says, we've come to check out what's going on down there. It doesn't sound good in those two towns. And, of course, the whole thing of getting Lot and his family out. All the pain that, that, that goes on in America, just all, all the 180 countries of the world, whatever, but we're just in this country, we're just in this state, we're in this sea, we're in this, this small area. He hears all this. He sees all this. It's not that he's off somewhere else. He's very much involved. It's painful. And the same way that he raises up somebody, like in the Old Testament, the judges, different ones, he, you know, just when Israel needs somebody, he sends somebody. Becomes, you know, raises up a leader. Um, I don't believe whatever is going on in, in this country right now is going without notice. I think probably he's raising up another generation. I'm graduated in 1969, and on the West Coast, it had gotten to the point that it was drug, sex, and rock and roll, kind of, you know, and the summer would come after graduating, well, if it was that summer or the next summer when we had the big fishbow day where we, we didn't have enough troops uh, in Vietnam, and so we had two, two big things like playing bingo one of them was full of numbers and one of them was full of uh, birth dates and they'd roll each one and they'd take out a birth date and then they'd take out a number and they put them beside each other and they did that all morning i think i i think my birth date finally came up and it was the number 276 was out beside it and we thought that they would probably draft everybody through 125 and uh Michael Bottoms came up, and I think his was 151. So he immediately, once it came up, he was in the car. He had already filled out all the forms to join the National Guard. He went down to Anayana and signed on the line and went off to National Guard camp. And I had other friends that uh, the birthday after mine, August the 4th, came up as number three. And I had one friend that was born on that day, and he had a letter in the mail like four days later. Greetings from Uncle Sam. You know, <laughs> the government was inviting him to come and participate. Why am I telling you this? I have, had an idea, and I don't know now. I was telling you about stuff. Oh, well. <laughs> I got into the story. I don't know why I was, 
Oh, well, I guess I was saying what was going on back here because on the West Coast, it got pretty wild among the young people. And then there were some people like Lonnie Frisbee. You know, they're making a movie called, was it The Jesus Revolution? It, it's, uh, is it Amazon or I can't remember who, or Apple? One of them is going to release this really soon. Um, is it Kelsey Grammer? He's going to play Chuck Smith, who was the evangelist down there. And uh, the guy that's playing Lonnie really looks like him. I've only seen a little tiny bit of a clip. And um, I knew some people that were, that were down there. And they started witnessing to the hippies. And the hippies got saved. They already tried everything else, and they still had an empty spot in them. And they started baptizing them in the ocean. And Chuck's uh, Calvary Chapel was this little church. And his board of directors, there was a few men on it, and they said the hippies started coming, going to the church. They, he's pretty smart. Some young people had a rock and roll band. Of course, they were already saved. They decided they'd start playing in there. They started filling up the little church with people, and the, the hippies' clothes had a lot of different chains, different stuff to it, and the, and the elders said, hey, they're scratching up our pews. And Chuck said, well, we can either let them come and scratch up the pews, or we can send them on their way and they'll go to some other church and stuff. So the people, Chuck's pretty good convincing, so they just decided they'd take the pews out. They filled it all up. A guy named Tom Stopp, who had been the organist, he had played organ for um, Catherine... Yeah, Catherine Kuhlman, the, she was a, a healing evangelist lady. And uh, if you see a picture of Tom from 1970, he has an afro way out here. Now, he eventually became a vineyard pastor in Denver. But he's a really good evangelist. And he would get out and evangelize. They'd take the band out down because they were just, the beach was across the street and down. They'd take the band out, they sent it up on a platform. All these kids would come up. And then Tom would give them a gospel message. God, it would prick their hearts, and they would go baptize them in the ocean. And you go to Time Magazine for like the summer of 1970, and you're seeing all these young people out there being baptized in the ocean. And you can tell which one Tom is because he's the guy with the afro out there. And the vineyard movement came out of the Calvary Church movement from out there. And um, and Lion Frisbee was used multiple times in the Vineyard, multiple times in the Calvary movement. Uh, when you start, one of the guys that lived here in town wrote a three-volume thing uh, on on Lonnie. You, you can get I've own I own two of them. I need to buy the third. I need to read them. I've got them somewhere. Um, I've only met Lonnie one time, as just because I, he was walking behind me. At night, and I knew the voice walking down the steps. And I wanted to go s just tell him that he really influenced me a lot. He had a skating jacket on it, said Lonnie on the back of it, so it's easy to know that this was Lonnie. Um, why am I telling you that? Because when darkness increases, God's still got a plan. 
until, he, until Jesus comes back, there's always a plan. So the darker it gets, the greater the potential for there to be another awakening and another time. So uh, we'll see what happens next. So, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for Proverbs. Thank you for Genesis, story of Noah, things that Paul's written to the Thessalonian church, things that Peter wrote. Thank you for the, that you, there's been recorded history of the Jesus revolution on the West Coast. We ask you, just like the other times in history, awakenings of different times have taken place, that would you, this current generation that don't have a need for church, that's okay, but they have a need for you, would, would you start, raise up some people that will speak to them the truth and that they will have a hunger for you? And uh, that they will come to know you. And it'll go down in history as maybe the greatest move we've ever seen. Just like these songs that you gave Brooke to sing today. We want to hear the mountains tremble. We want to hear the oceans roar spiritually. We would like to be a part of that. If there's any part that any of us can play in this room today... Would you call us to our role? And, and if we've got things to do together, would you group us together to work together? In Jesus' name, amen.